go You can't escape the trio Coming on with Brio So, how is everybody? <sighs> Busy, but good. By the way, you, you know me, I'm a numbers guy, so I want to just say, this is podcast number 50, for those of you who are keeping track. So. Podcast number 50. Yep. Ironically, that's the number right after 49 and just before 51. And it's halfway to 100, so that's, it's that. very significant. It's 10% of the way to 500. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. You must miss sports. <laughs> um, I do. Yeah. I miss sports. You know, there's a uh, well, there's talk of baseball now, and there's talk of a 48-game season. Can you have a baseball season in 48 games? Ask your students who are graduating if you can bend the rules to make people feel good and have something happen in a year. I say yes. And now the question becomes... <laughs> yes. The question on that becomes, if you're a Seattle Mariners fan, you know, we're pretty quick out of the gate. We usually get off to a good start and then fade like no tomorrow in the second half. Mm. This could be our year. If they play a 48-game season. So what you're saying is it's a year that's totally unfair to teams with stamina, but great for teams that fade in the fall. Yes, I mean we. If, if 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 for some weird reason they played, and for some weird reason we made the playoffs, and for some weird reason we wound up in the World Series, would everybody be like, "This is totally legit," or would they be like, "Well, yeah, you made it to the World Series, but it's not a real World Series." Well, I got to say, I don't think it has anything to do with the Seahawks. I think whoever makes the World Series will have a, an asterisk. And if the asterisk is done correctly, it'll look just like a COVID-19 pathogen, right? Right. And if, <laughs> if, it, and if, the, if the Seahawks make the World Series, there'll yes. be a big asterisk there. Yeah. Because none of them can pitch. I mean, uh, he, he meant Mariners. It's, Mariners, it's an easy mistake to make when you're on a farm in Vermont. That's for sure. What, 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 did I, what mistake oh, did I make? Oh, you said if the Seahawks make the World Series. Oh, did I say Seahawks? That's funny. Yes. Well, because the, the words Mariners and World Series have never been said together in a sentence, Bob, but to be fair to you. Not officially. So, yeah. uh, but that's good. I'm, I'm excited for you guys. If baseball came now, would they let people into the field? Sounds the like stadium? not. No. Not, probably not. And, uh, uh, because who do you let in? I mean, with the Mariners, it's not a problem. There's not enough season. There's not that many season ticket holders. But you got a place like the Yankees where pretty full and if you said 25 percent can come how do you choose which 25 so well you'd have a lottery no that could let work. the rich people in yeah <laughs> you, know, you, you charge through the nose and the swells get to go and that's how it goes that's yeah. america or you just give it to the rich people which is the american way yeah yeah but we're 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 now at 25 percent for bars bars are opening this week here in washington state so. now are you going to go to bars I sat there and I thought, do I want to risk a deadly virus for a cold beer at a bar? And, and the answer is I yes. Was, 
I was at Dino's yesterday. Yes. I, I, uh, but they have a patio. I'm not ready to go into bars. Uh-huh. I'm ready to sit outside of bars. And I'm also not ready to go into public restrooms. So my limit is two, and then I have mm-hmm. to go home because I'm, uh, I, I, I'm now, not ready for a, a small enclosed space yet. I'll confess that I have really gotten very good at peeing around the corners from things because I have not been in a public restroom. Uh, I think one time in the very beginning of all of this, and I felt so paranoid about being in there that I never went back to a public restroom. But I am the, uh, I've got a whole bunch of techniques down. I should probably do an instructional video on YouTube for parking in a certain spot, opening the side door, standing between the door and the passenger side, taking a leak, closing it up. And uh, finding, it's harder in the city, of course, to find places you could do this. But have you peed outdoors? I was born in Mississippi, Bob. So the answer is you do this too. <laughs> have you peed yeah, indoors? You've always done it, question. whether there's a, a pandemic <laughs> or not. Well, well the, I mean, that's country living there. Yes. I mean, that's, what's, that's one of the nice things is even on a pretty big highway, you can pull over and have a reasonably good sense that not too many people are going to be coming by. And, you know, it's a... Yeah just it's a thing but uh it's not something that you do a lot around the city i've got a backyard that's okay for it i mean yeah. if i really feel the need but um it's a long walk I'm, inside why bother why run your septic yeah. system yeah exactly save yeah. some water it's, it's Plus, a good thing to do as a gardener uh who also has woodchucks groundhogs in our in our area one of the natural deterrents of an animal to rummage through your garden is the smell of urine of something bigger than them urine probably it's like and, and yes which well actually some of them just really nat naturally can't stand humans even though we're not going to you know eat them mm-hmm. but that uh so that causes lisa to say hey don't use the bathroom go outside i go okay and we're like like she was naked for her I don't know, a couple hours this evening just because there was no reason, you know, why waste some clothes? We're inside. You guys ever go naked inside your house? Not as as a team, or you know. I mean, I've uh, I've done a little, you know, got to get up and go somewhere. But that's funny that no, you think of nudity as a team sport right well, off the bat. Well, yeah, that. that's what I'm saying. We don't, we don't have family nudity. We, if if I'm but here, does Kelly by my, walk around naked sometimes if she's in the movie? not one bit. No. She doesn't even walk around, you know, underwear. She comes out fully clothed. She she's, comes out fully presentable in case a TV crew breaks in. Yeah, she's she's not one to uh, to uh, want to be that way for now, sure. Now, Spike, you and Melissa got to go all natural sometimes. I'd like to point out that it's been five minutes. We've been talking about public urination and, and nudity, and I haven't been the focus of the conversation. Is that? A I'd just like to note that moment that in, in Bob River Show history. <laughs> it's a pleasant change for me. It yeah. really is. Um, with a sixteen-year-old in the house, Bob, we don't do in-home nudity oh i guess that's right. really really you can't i mean it's, yeah. my child has is, is already living through the coronavirus did you do the it when they were naked dad like, scarring my two grandchildren are naked all the time and they it's run around the yard naked in the garden and everything we melissa and i were just reminiscing today about uh, daycare because we noticed that a local daycare facility has opened up um as we've entered phase 1.5 or whatever 
right. level of reopening restrictions that the governor has okayed for the state of Washington. And a local daycare was opened up, and Melissa saw kids, and we were reminiscing back to when Ryan was in daycare, and Melissa was trying to find an appropriate, uh, you know, some place that we could trust and, and, and care about and love. Mm. And she went to audition a daycare, and it was, it was like mayhem inside. There were little, you know, nose goblins running everywhere, and one of them was just standing there naked, completely naked. And Melissa thought that was a warning sign that this might not be a top shelf daycare facility. <laughs> yes, I don't think I, I, I'm not saying community uh, nudity at that age. No, is but just just one that. kid, and I I, I propose the, the concept. Well, what if that kid, you know, was just serving a punishment? You know, maybe uh, he maybe he ate a crayon or touched a kid he wasn't supposed to, and he had a choice: the box or, or go naked for ten minutes. You know, it's, I mean, you never know what the circumstances yeah. behind why a kid is naked. But kids like to take their clothes off. When I was yeah. a little kid. My mom, my, my mom, if she were alive today, and she would tell you that there was a period in my life right when I started school, in kindergarten, maybe even first grade, but the minute I got home, I stripped at the door. Okay, and there's that's what she my could granddaughter keep clothes does. on me. And it's just yeah. a little, it's a little, it makes me queasy, but I, you know, Keith and Leanne got it under control. And I'm sure, you know, they'll get her out of that by the time she's 12. <laughs> well, you hope. I totally hope, yeah. But in, in some ways, it's freeing, and it's really, you know, it's cool to be that young or that old. And so what I'm here to tell you is at a certain age, that comes back. Well, it's the Benjamin Button syndrome. Yeah, yes. in other words, we're not. Everything you did as a baby comes back eventually, Bob. You're it does. You're your pants. You're but I mean, we're not uptight about it. We're not, um, you know what I mean? It's just like, a, it's a carefree thing. It's a liberating thing, yeah. Yeah, it can be. So, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so well, that's good. So, Joe, uh, I really want to hear how you do because I know you're in the midst of it—a graduation ceremony for this COVID nineteen year. How much of it is virtual? How much of it is in person? Is it a drive-through? Did you get a Starbucks to hand out the diplomas? How does it go? <laughs> well, it is today, and I say today in the sense that we tape on Monday, and it's Tuesday. Okay. And if you want to hear, I really recommend that you do go to 889thebridge.org, and what you're going to hear is the most memorable, moving graduation that's ever been done for any high school on the planet. in the world yes in the world how about the universe uh, though i mean the mars um, i hear they're very good at this probably okay. what what we're going to do is we will broadcast live the students and we've got over 300 of them will pull up one at a time with their families in, in the, the car. car okay yes and we will broadcast it live and we have been collecting audio from all the families so when they come up you're going to hear grandpa in china uh, crying and saluting his his young uh, grandson whoa, 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 whoa. who is wait a minute, gra graduating when you say you've been collecting you mean you've been collecting individual things to play for each car Yes, tributes from all over the world, wow. from grandmas and grandpas and granddads, and me and my How students. How did you gather have been all of this? By putting up a an ask, by putting up a, a poll and says you can dedicate a song, you can record some audio and leave it, or you can just write something. Okay, so now, this is played that, on your radio station, not to each car. 
Yes, this will be played live for every so Grandpa in China can hear this. I mean, he will be able to hear himself when when his grandson graduates. We will play the tribute to his grandson, and it will be heard by relatives all over the world. This is so much better than if the virus had not happened. This is this is makes a graduation that the whole world can enjoy instead of having to drive to Kent and sit in the in a uh, in a in a gym mm. and uh, and listen to people do things. And by the way there will be a permanent record because it will be recorded so so that's part of it then you have the uh, uh, all the production elements that you would usually have in a great broadcast and the people i have doing those are russell wilson from the seattle seahawks nice. joel McHale, yeah. people like that so you get all those elements and then the voice of our graduation is an alum named carson beck and if you uh, if you hear anybody say capital one what's uh, what's in your wallet or Taco Bell or coming up next on the CBS Evening News. That's Carson. So he oh. is the voice of our How do you know him? So he is an alum. He's from Mercer Island High. Oh. And he's an amazing voice talent. So oh. he's the voice of our radio station, too. We're the biggest little radio station in the world. You will never hear a bigger sounding radio station that's 30 watts. By the way, Joe, and I think you should become a Patreon contributor. For, for the plug well I, I don't make any money that's that's where that's the that's the sad part yeah. kind of is uh this is uh, he owes us 500 bucks well, is what he uh, either that or i'm gonna launch into my maple syrup pitch but go ahead yeah this is all done out of love i'm not saying you don't have to listen but if you want to hear amazing radio because <laughs> i mean think about this i have a staff of over a hundred is there a radio station on the planet that has a hundred people to no. contribute content most of them no. are computer operated with one two or three people voice tracking exactly so yeah. if you want to hear something that is homegrown that is you know just organic and from the heart mm-hmm. um that's what you'll hear and at eight forty-six a.m you will hear uh, my students uh you know discuss all the all the unrest and and do a tribute to to george floyd and all the other people who've oh, that's uh, met right. their demise that, that's his funeral officially is today being tuesday the 9th right yeah, Houston, one, yeah. yeah, he's got he's had one in Houston today, and I believe North Carolina is still to come. Well, that's awesome. But, but, so, so that's all kind of rolled in. So anyway, we do our deal from uh, basically eight a.m. to three p.m., and then the the students go home, and that's when they have their virtual graduation where they all watch the same thing at the same time and wow. that's when the speeches and everything come and that's not Is part that of zoom? our broadcasts that will be on zoom that will yeah. be on youtube and uh, uh that won't be on our air so there's two parts to this graduation okay. there's the driving up getting your diploma on the radio then there's the sitting down as a class in your living room and watching the valedictorian in principle yeah. it's a big day it's awesome. so i'm a i'm i'm really had my head out of the news a little bit so i will be i won't be as loud as i was last week uh, <laughs> because i haven't really seen much to yell about so. predictably by the way 40 percent of the people loved you and want you to keep doing it i thought it was more like 99.9 but uh, uh i did see one guy who messaged me and said he wasn't happy but i didn't see anybody uh publicly that wanted to okay but uh, you, you do understand that the people who don't like it are less likely to comment well they can comment yeah. you know i if you want me to yell again i will i really don't care what people like and what people think and I that's like all that. there is to I'm, it i was happy yeah, there we go it. and we're off and we're off he's going because go. I, I felt you you've constrained yourself a bunch and you let loose 
Now, I don't particularly agree with either side. In fact, I, I don't choose a side. And a lot of people criticize me for, quote, straddling the fence, which I love uh, straddling the fence. Uh, first off, um, you know, someone's got to do it. Because if everybody just picked one side and they always voted that side their whole life, then the, there would be no one that would actually decide an election. So uh, straddling the fence, I find, uh, first off, I, I, it allows me to look at each side and say, well, I disagree with that thing, but I agree with this thing. And I get to pick and choose like a buffet, which you could relate to. All but, right. Well, give me the positive side of racism. What is the positive side of racism? What is the positive <laughs> side of police brutality? Did I, I hear say it. there was a positive side of racism? Well, that's the part I was talking about. I wasn't talking about politics. I was talking about racism last week. Yeah. So, uh, it, look, racists are, um, first off, racism, it's not a positive side. But I think for any human being to be truly honest with themselves, they have to admit that their tribal instincts involve that. In other words, we all have racist impulses. And um, it's how we react to them and how we behave that in a civilized society, we try to grow and improve. And uh, President Obama said this very uh, astutely. We go several steps forward, then we go backwards, then we go several steps forward, then we go backwards. And... As each new generation is born, they're born with the same DNA. They're born with the same tribal instincts. They're born with the same sense of rooting for the home team. The home team could be your family, your neighborhood, your school, your city, your state, your country. And then the farther away people are from you, uh, the less you know about them. <clears throat> and so where I think racism actually comes from is not knowing people and not having been educated in how to behave in a civilized way. I don't think it belongs to one political party or another. I, I, I think it's a constant, it's like trying to stay fit. You have to keep working out. You don't just get fit and then you're done. And uh, so it's that kind of problem for me. Uh, but also, you know, when I talk about politics, and it's cool, in a way you weren't talking about politics, although you were and let talking me say about quickly, a politician. Yeah. Not a single person is born racist or rooting for any team. You were taught who to root for. You were taught how to feel about other people by the people that raise you. So to break down this disconnect, they're not a single person that pops out at six six weeks old and goes oh man well, i sure don't okay hope that the nurse that comes is a white i'd nurse like to see the scientific evidence of that but here's what i would tell you um when you're a baby you haven't developed the abilities to do that sort of stuff yet so to say babies are born pure in some ways i think that's true but i think that once everybody grows up they develop a support group a support system and they love the family unit, the tribal unit they're in, and it's natural to be suspicious or um, not as friendly to those outside of your circle. It's just if you're taught that, I think I think Joe, yeah, right. I think you're both saying basically the same thing. I, it's a good question. Is it nature or nurture, or is it both? I think there's a, there's a genetic element of um, being being in a like group. You know, there there's there's evolutionary proof that people are taught to be tribal taught so that's that was a survival instinct developed mm. over eons but i think that you also it doesn't matter what color the people in your group are you know to, to so there's an element of both nature and nurture in this and but i think yeah, the nurture element of it is much more prominent 
the what, when it comes what do you to think is more prominent? The, the nurture element is much more prominent and when it comes to learning to hate. what sort of research do you have to back that up? Um, every family, whether you're a family that is inclusive, a family that is tolerant, or a family that is discriminatory, bigoted, and exclusive, um, I think that's a, that's that's taught by the people who raise you. Huh. People who teach you how to, have a, how to have a dialect. Wow. People raised by Irish people have an Irish dialect, a Gaelic dialect. People raised in the Deep but South how have do more you of a draw. This? That's that's basic sociology. It's a theory. Well, I mean, no. If you take a kid from, if you take a kid from Alabama who turns into a you know, a, oh, I'm I'm speaking jerk. in generalities, of yeah. course, and there are going to be exceptions to every rule. But I'm speaking in generalities. Yeah. If you take a kid born in Alabama and ship him off to London after two days of birth, he's not going to grow up with a southern drawl. No, but he's going I, to grow. See, we're saying the same thing. I'm we, saying that as you grow up you develop more adult traits. And you, for example, when you become a teenager, you become more aggressive and you become more, um, uh, what's the word? You uh, revolt against your parents. You reject sure. their authority and you go out and you fight and there's an angry young man. Mm -hmm. It isn't that that yeah. was bred into him as a child by his parents. It's that human beings go through stages of development and that yeah, human that's beings have always had these kinds of issues. But that's got nothing to do with prejudices. Oh, well, I don't know. It doesn't. How do you it say doesn't. it doesn't? I mean, because if you're going to be aggressive toward people, rebellious by nature, mm -hmm. you can do that to no matter who crosses your path or tries to set up boundaries for you. You're not going to pick a certain race or gender to look upon as inferior. So you think also that all the gender stuff is we taught ourselves to be bad. I think gender um, disquality, if or inequality in gender, is more nature or more nature based than racial. Oh, in inequality. So why would really gender do. be treated more nature than race? Because these are both survival instincts in primitive man. Yes, but in primitive man, there was a hunter gatherer. There was a nurturing um, homemaker. That was that was much more prominent in the evolutionary so cycles. We're going to actually agree that the Flintstones had it better with mom with Wilma staying at home, right? So did the Adams family. It just went off the rails recently. <laughs> Thank you for helping <laughs> you me know? get to a joke. All right. I, <laughs> see, here's the thing. I don't know. I'm on the fence. I I have various theories, none of them proven, and I really don't hear. Uh, this sort of thing discussed in any scholastic, uh, scholastic collegiate way by ordinary people. Most of what I see on TV is propaganda to choose this side or choose that side. And let's say that that side is more racist, this side is less racist, but that side takes care of the companies and the economy, but this side takes care of the people that are left behind. And I see both those sides and I go, you know, I actually think they both have a point. I think you have to take care of companies and individuals. I can't pick one or the other. You know what I'm saying? I do. But it's funny you mentioned scholastics because this this quarter, my class I'm taking in pursuit of my uh, my marketing degree is multiculturalism at work. Ah, awesome. That's the, that's the class I'm taking this quarter. My textbooks this quarter are Everyday Bias, Identifying and navigating unconscious judgments in our daily lives. Yes. And a book called you, We Can't Talk About That at Work. How to Talk About Race, Religion, and Politics and I've Other Polarizing Issues. I've taken these courses issues. because I worked for a big corporation. It made me take small versions well, of these courses. You take them like a, a three-hour seminar yeah, yeah, yeah. in a room full of 50 people all making funny jokes about the black kid in the video or whatever. 
I'm, well, I'm talking, didn't do this, that. The stuff thank we're you doing. for I, I know you that. didn't, but I was just talking about my experience. <laughs> yes. in corporate America yeah, yeah. and inclusion. So, so, but that's what I'm taking this quarter. So, you know, so they're teaching. Yeah, and by the way, because something is taught doesn't mean it's true. Um, we were taught ten years ago that opiates were non-addicting and a wonderful way to manage pain. Uh, we um, were taught at the ago, beginning maybe. of the pandemic that the uh, face masks were completely unnecessary for the general public. And there was no point and no need to wear a face mask. So when you're, when you get crotchety like me. I didn't go to Trump U, so I didn't get that class. No, that was the CDC. (laughs) That was the CDC's official guideline. That was science. That yes, wasn't, well, yeah. their guideline was we really need those medical masks for medical workers, so you don't need to yeah, wear masks. Yeah, that's why they were It was to, keep, it it was no, to no, try no, to no, keep no, the supplies. Right. Spin, spin, spin. Listen, we were told they don't do you any good. And then the CDC <laughs> changed their mind. They said they don't do you any good, plus the medical people need them, so please don't hog them from the metal people, uh, from the medical people. But the first part was a lie that they don't do any good. And the CDC now says, wow, it turns out you touching stuff doesn't seem to be how people get it. They get it by breathing the air in close quarters of other people. Wear a mask wherever you go. Again, we were told a lie and taught that it was true. We have to acknowledge when those things happen, don't we? Or do we just I, rush I, it open, you know, smooth well, it over? I, that's, not, that's not the message I remember getting. They don't, they don't say touching things won't get you sick it can still live on surfaces but not to the degree they thought uh, 25th uh, it can be of it march. can be born you know, well uh 25th of march new guidelines came out and it said it turns out that if you're washing your food and doing all of that kind of stuff that does not look like a way that it's being transmitted it, right. and they didn't say you can't get it that way but they said it's mostly transmitted through the air in tight spaces yeah. And that's not what you said a moment ago, but that's what we all, that's true. Yeah, but, the, but that, again. I'd also like to say, but let yeah. me say this. It's not that they're lying to us. Well, the, the no face mask was a lie. Well, what it is, Bob, is the, is the evolution of understanding of a virus that is brand new and has never been studied and, before. And that's not credible, and I'll tell you why, because I'm obsessive compulsive. On February 28th, a study came out in China of a bus that was under surveillance. And there was a super spreader who got on this bus. And, uh, and it was in an area where there, nobody had infections. This guy got on the bus and he infected like 28 people on the bus. And the, re- the way they found this all out through contact tracing was the bus had a security camera on it. And from the security camera, and I guess China has facial recognition for everybody, <laughs> they were able to find every single person who was on that bus. They checked all the people on the bus. A huge amount of them were infected, including some that were 12 to 15 feet away. Forget the six-foot rule. And then there were about, I'm roughly paraphrasing and guessing, but somewhere around a dozen people on the bus. It was a four-hour ride between two big cities. Mm-hmm. And there's about 12 or so people on the bus that didn't catch it, including one that was sitting right next to the super spreader. The article was published in an English-speaking uh, Chinese news in a newspaper on March 5th, and I read it. And the article said all of the people who didn't get infected had one thing in common. Can you guess? Uh, masks. They all wore masks. This is, yeah. not, this is not a surprise to the CDC. 
This was what a lie was, or to what, manage what, what the, the population. What was the date on this? Uh, March 5th was the, I'll send you the article. It's very cool. Hold uh, on. Lie, th- to manage the population, you think they didn't want us to wear masks and more people would die? I think that the, our government doesn't care how many people die. Yes. Especially the current government. By the way, Joe, I'm, <laughs> I'm really not that far from you politically. I just stand on the fence. But I, but well, that sounds. I don't think anybody wants anybody to die. I mean, even well, the president, I think, would love the it. The stock there were market less is thrilled with hundreds of thousands of people dying right now. Are you kidding? I know. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm. Thank goodness. Thank you for giving me a second chance to bail. I, am a, <laughs> I gotta find a. I gotta find the getting off point there because I know how that one's gonna go. Anyway, I mean, to all of Joe's fans, I love him and I love that he spoke out. But understand where I come from. I try to poke holes in both sides. I try to see every time we're being lied to, not just the times that fit my side. You know, there have been, we had a crisis in the Obama administration that killed 400,000 Americans and nobody ever cared. You know what it was? What? The opioid crisis. During that, all of those years, companies were allowed to sell poison, addict Americans, and kill 400,000 people. That's going to be pretty close to what the coronavirus numbers are. Yeah, but I can't catch opioid addiction by going after you at a grocery store. You can catch by it by believing line. your doctor. You can well, catch it by getting a prescription. Saying. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And then they, and they abused the system, and doctors were cavalier hmm. and irresponsible in their... Prescribing these drugs. I'll give well, you it's only oh, now yeah. that we have a good Republican president that some of these people are being brought to justice. I'm kidding, of course, but you understand. How I'm saying <laughs> Back to the good old days when I could get a filling filled and my dentist would give me 30 Vicodin for the pain. Those were the good old days. I got one of those bottles. I only got 20. I must have looked like I had a problem. Yeah, yeah, there was definitely a little bit of liberal, and, and I never, thank goodness, never did. Uh, that I'm really. Because I'm, I have a propensity to like stuff, and thank goodness I never really it gives me an upset stomach. So oh, I good. never, I never became an opioid it, person. It makes me constipated, and um, a little Willie doesn't come out to play as easily. Yeah, so I'm. A, Did that you ever have that the, too? Well, I never. I don't know. I don't remember that part. And I never used much, but I'm very thankful because I know it's a, it's a life uh, it's a life ender for a lot of people. Oh, right? Absolutely I'm about that. It killed Tom Petty. Yeah, I was reading um, yesterday. Uh, what's that classic rock website? UltimateClassicRock.com. Do you ever go there? Mm-hmm. Every once in a while. There's a story. Uh, Ten things you never knew about Tom Petty. And there were. Uh, I'll, I'll let you read it if you want them all. But the ones that stuck he was out. Six foot four inches tall. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't that bad. That's not. That's not it. Uh, but it was. His family was very honest about his overdose and how he died before he started the 40th anniversary tour which would be his last tour he was diagnosed he had a hip injury had a he needed a hip replacement Mm -hmm. and And a uh, pelvic fracture didn't he he had a fracture and they said you really shouldn't tour and he said i can't cancel this tour it may be my last tour, and I don't want to let down all the co-workers, you know, all my musicians and the band and all the people, so I'm going to just tough it out. And they gave him fentanyl patches that would help him not feel the pain when he was on stage. 
And throughout the tour, of course, he used him. He complained not at all. It's also not known by a lot of people, but as a serious smoker, he had emphysema. And when he got home, his fracture had gone into a full-blown bad fracture. And they wanted him right away in the hospital. And he said, let me have a few days at home with my family. And uh, according to his wife, he, you know, he took an accidental overdose. I mean, Tom Petty didn't want to kill himself. Right. But, you know, he was in a lot of pain. And he I went. saw, yeah, I saw one of his last shows uh, pl- ever played on that tour. And I, I kind I mean, it was a great show, but it was very curious point. He played a whole song nobody could hear. The P, the whole PA went out. I mean, half the stadium went dark, like oh, no blowing kidding. a fuse. Yeah, like yeah. half the lights, the whole PA, and he played. He kept playing the whole song. So I thought, how can you be, you know, kind of not aware that nobody can hear you? And finally, people started like booing and yelling, like, "We can't hear you! We can't hear the, the you!" Whole, the and, whole building chanted, "We can't hear you! We can't hear you!" Wow. And he's still playing along and it's like his well, is his he, he would have the inner ear you know about this yeah from the impalers. <laughs> right and that's stage, what i was stage thinking. monitors He's, didn't go out yeah the band the band had no band idea had the no house idea. Sound went down yeah it's not right their fault. but it wasn't just a minute or two it was yeah. like five minutes he's up there playing away with with nobody yeah. can hear it they must have blown a fuse so anyway what i'm just saying and i'm not saying this to like defend one side or the other side but i'm saying that for each political point of view, uh, there are a whole group of propaganda people, um, some intentional, some unintentional, all well-meaning, some not well-meaning, uh, but who look for the dirt on the other side. And that's fine. I, uh, the dirt is sometimes very dirty. Uh, but, um, you know, that's a health, public health crisis that uh, objectively, uh, scientifically is said to have cost 400,000 lives. And, you know, those lives, I hate to say it, didn't matter. Very long way to go to say, how about at Obama? But look at what Obama did. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I look, nothing was done about it at the time. And it's a scandal that that happened to me. I agree. There's a lot of, a lot yeah. of uh, money, a lot of big money from the drug companies. But, you know, Joe, when I talk to my conservative friends, they think I'm a total liberal. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, love, because, I'd love to talk to a few. And yeah. I have conservative friends. Yeah. I, I, and I have no problem with conservative people or conservative friends. Good. And that, that wasn't what we were talking about at all last week, by the way. It wasn't well, it to do when, with politics. when you say nobody can vote for a person... If they have any sense at all, something about that. I'm paraphrasing. I probably have. Yes, and I'll stand by that. And I also said, check back in a week and see how it's going. Um, It's going worse. Uh, Nobody is going to (laughs) be behind unless he does something different. I mean, if he maybe he can. I don't know how at this point, but he's painted himself into a big corner. And in all the all the conservatives that have any any kind of you know bravery and sense are all saying the same thing i was saying so mm, i saw it like two uh i saw romney i saw the uh, was it the senator from maine 
I saw a couple no, people. It was, it, was, it was the senator from Alaska. Oh, senator was, from Alaska. Uh, yeah, I saw yeah, a few people Murkowski. who could get away with that and not lose then their Then there elections. was the secretary of defense, Mattis. Then there was the former chief of staff, Kelly. And those former employees. And then there was Colin Powell. <laughs> yeah, all <laughs> former employees. In other words, the rank and file are still, and I'll use that Nazi word, lockstep. They're still rank? Yeah. They're still they're rank. Still, still lockstep. <laughs> well, check back in a week. Let's see. Unless he does something different. And I love that it, the stock market's getting pumped up. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just got to pick which day in September to sell everything. Are you going to do that? I'm, well, yes. Don't wait. I'm not, don't wait. I'm, don't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, October, don't I don't know if you know how October so, goes. Um, if you uh, want to uh, talk I'm about curious. ancient history, let's talk about two. Have you read, ever October. read what happens to people who try and time the market? I'm not going to time it. I'm going to get out. I mean, it's a, it's like it's a blessing that it has gone back up. So uh, right. before the election, I think would be a good time to. Uh, I'm not saying get out forever, but at least. So if uh, you are picking a time to get out and then going to try and pick a time to get in, you do know that that is the actual definition of trying to time the market. <laughs> I'm not saying I'll ever go back in. I'm just saying I, I, I will shift everything no, to getting out at a specific time is trying to time the market. Yes, I'm trying to time the market before it collapses again. Right. Looking, looking at the statistics that I'm looking at, I assume that it's going to. So, I, you know, with the unemployment high and uh, you know anything can happen. I'm just not. I'm, I mean, I'm not in a hurry, and I'm frankly too busy right now to take the time to do it. Mm. But I do think uh, I'm I'm pleased that it's come back. But I think it's probably coming back by being and you're more of an expert on this than me but i think it's being pumped up a little bit and uh you know i don't think it will sustain it for for a long time so before well, that happens i think i would like to have some of my money this time all right as an expert i can tell you this there's no way to predict the stock market the only way to play responsibly is to have a balanced portfolio and let it ride for the long term trying to time the market plays on human emotions and usually goes badly even for the experts so uh trying to pick a time to get out now there are exceptions of course and you could get lucky we used to call the stock market the legalized gambling report for a reason right uh, if you had told me the stock market would be what close to 90 percent of the way back if you had told me that the, that would happen by june while cases were still rising in 21 states I would have said you're crazy, but I forgot one of the number one rules of uh, Wall Street. Um, Wall Street doesn't care about people dying, protests. They only care about profits looking forward, and the market always recovers before recovery actually happens. Now, is it going to crash again? Your guess is as good as mine. I'd bet that it would. But, you know, remember Greenspan? He kept saying, this is irrational exuberance. It's got to crash. It's got to crash. And it was for mm -hmm. like seven or eight years. Nothing crashed, right? Well, they officially declared it a recession this morning. That's right. Happened in February. Um, um, and, yeah, and uh, that's just, what, two months of, of economic downturn. Is that how I'm not sure the, like the, right. what defines a recession? But it was the longest expansion, 10-year expansion in U.S. history. That's right. Post-World War II. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I yeah so I'm scared for you if you time the market, 
but I'm, uh, you know, it's your, it's your, it's your roulette wheel. I knew, I know one person, I know two people who timed the market and got out just before the crash. On this last one? On this Did last get back one. back in at the bottom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. There's a friend of mine who used to be a neighbor. He'd probably be okay with saying his name, but it, it's best if I don't. He's retired. He's in his mid-70s. And uh, the day it was announced, uh, the stock market, like, wobbled. It went down a bunch, and then it went back up the next day. It was around March 6th, 7th, 8th, somewhere around there. Uh, Lisa got a text from, you know, his wife, a friend of ours, and said, Rich pulled everything out, all cash. And I went, wow, that's bold. Of course, when the market was down 37% a month later, he looked brilliant. Did he stick it back in? Well, you do remember what timing the market is, right? Well, yeah. If you if you if you stick if he stuck it back in, he is brilliant. I mean, or at least he he made himself at least for now a nice profit. I'm going to call him and I'll let you know Thursday whether he stuck it back in. Right. Um, if not, he's basically broke even. I mean, yeah. it's uh, it's pulling right out it doesn't work for um, birth control, birth control, <laughs> or the, <laughs> the stock market. Thank you very much. We're here all week. Well, it's not like I. It's not like I. Have <laughs> I held off on that pulling out, put it in joke for so long. Oh, uh, have right. you? Good. <laughs> and either way, it's not going to make much difference in my world. Yeah. I mean, I I haven't bought a stock in this century probably. No I mean, kidding. I, I I don't trade in stocks really. I, I you have mutual I have funds. Set, I sat it and forget it a long time ago, yeah. and, and now I'm thinking though. I mean, it would be. Uh, you know, if it did go down thirty percent, I wouldn't mind being on the on the uh, you know the, on the not losing thirty percent in this time. Yeah. So what happened when the stock market was down like thirty seven percent? We had a phone call with our UBS guy, and he said, "Well, I said, what do you recommend?" And he said, "Well, it's up to you." He said, "You could rebalance. By rebalance, they mean when the stocks are down that much, your stock to cash ratio." Because when you're retired, you sort of split it up. You don't want to try and make a lot of money. You want to just protect what you have. You're conservative. He said you could rebalance and buy a bunch of stocks. And then when it goes up, you know, you'll be ahead. Um, or he said you could just sit tight. And I remember thinking this. I think it's going to go lower. So I said, I think it's going to go lower. And two weeks later, it was like, thousand points higher i was like i'm waiting it's gonna go lower and then it was two thousand points higher and then it was four thousand points higher. <laughs> it never yeah. went lower and so right like joe when you said oh it's gonna go low and i'm gonna get out i have the opposite thought of you i'm like if it goes low again i'm diving in <laughs> it's buying just, everything yeah. no it's like I'm, i don't want to get out when it goes low i want to get out while while my money is still there this yeah time. you want to get out before it goes low then then why right. didn't you do it today because I'm way too busy putting on a virtual graduation. I've had okay. my head in a production studio for, right. for like 40 straight hours. That's, that's After why you got a guy out. you trust, Joe. If you, you believe it's going to go down. Now, how will you feel? Let's say you do it tomorrow or next week because it's pretty close to back, okay? I'm thinking September right now, but but uh, that's You're thinking that around the time we realize as the cases are going sky high and we're going to have to shut down again is going to be a good time to sell? I don't know. See, timing the market. 
See, my, yeah. my financial guy is Tucker Carlson. So all my money is in gold and, <laughs> gold and electric lift chairs for senior citizens. That's where all my money is. You know, if you watch his show, it's all about advertising <laughs> for gold. You, That's right. And, and electric lift chairs for seniors. I'm telling you. They that's sell the electric lift chairs in the evening. Oh my God. The, the thing, the things they advertise, I, I, huh. I float around different uh, cable networks for not for political viewpoints, but to see who's advertising where it's, it's a stark difference in yeah. where the ad dollars are going. And by the way, may the, I say, because you're, you know, unintentionally somewhat retired, I have noticed, and this is a compliment that you're much better read and informed even on both sides than I've ever known you to be. Well, I appreciate that. I got way, way, way too much free time on my hands. Yeah, it makes me nervous to blurt something out because if you argue with me, you usually have a point. <laughs> so I used to just try to fill four hours a day of arguing anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is not as much work. But anyway, so it's good. But So you do watch Tucker Carlson, so you know the opposing arguments. Well, I watch it with this. I do. I watch it with the sound off for a while. <laughs> because I, I love I love to just because I don't want to I don't want to miss the chirons those bulletins across the bottom right right because the the stuff they write is the kind of stuff that could stop cars at sixty miles an hour it's that's how inflammatory the oh bulletins he's totally are across it, it's the divided the states of America I, if I were it's, running it's, as a Democrat I would say look let's just not have the divided states of America we disagree on a bunch of stuff but let's agree that we like we're tired of being so divisive I hope that's what Biden I, ho I hope that's the case too. I think yeah. I think a unity message could win I really do but if they just start talking about the orange guy and how despicable he is I, I don't think that's gonna do it I do <laughs> I know <laughs> Joe <laughs> Well, I don't. I'm, I just, like I said, I just I'm, want to I'm not talking about politics. Of you course, know? I'm not. not really. I mean, that's yeah. not that's not what I'm focusing my my head is not about one man or it's not about one party or one election. It's about how are we going to change the conversation of how you know getting back to this tribal business and all that. That's all got to go. We all got to look at each other as equals, yeah. and we've all got to we've all got to resolve that. And it has nothing to do. With an election, it's, a, it's I an think issue that goes. My back slogan, way before. if I were running, would be "United We Stand." Yeah, that I, would I fit on a hat. Week. Would you wear the hat? Well, if you're taking "United" out of the United States, that's not a great. Uh, it's not a great leader, and that's what I said last week. Yeah, that's good. So, "United We Stand." Does the hat have to be blue? I guess it has to be blue. Got to be blue. Yeah. See, that's divisive right there. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> But red's cool. How about the, how about the, well, not to go down the rabbit hole. How about hole, if it's red, blue. white, and blue? How about the, well, no, they've, they've, they've uh, co-opted patriotism. Should if it be red, flag, white, blue, yellow, black? Yes, rainbow. And, it's got to be a. Yeah. A rainbow how about hat. The, how about the camouflage Make America Great Again hats? Have you heard that? No, no. Hear about that? What's that? Trump's army. Be ready to fight for Trump. This, uh, this fundraising letter that went out for the Trump re-election campaign. Get your uh, military, join Trump's army, get your uh, camouflage, make America great again hat. Ah, that's playing to the base. Yeah. Yes, yeah, playing. It's a violent play to the base, I think. Yeah. Uh, camo, camo isn't violence. Camo means hunting. Army and fight are pretty violent, Bob. I mean, I got some really good friends that put on camo and sit in our backyard and bag a turkey. And he said, you want Join some of this Trump's turkey? Army. <clears throat> and I said, Join Trump's army, fight for Trump. Those yeah. are violent phrases. I, I like my turkey already basted in butter. Uh, so I'll, I'll go get it at the grocery <laughs> store. But 
I've heard that wild turkeys are great, by the way. Have you ever had wild turkey, Joe? You, you're, you like hunting. Um, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not much of a hunter. I love to fish, but I had a, a bad hunting experience one huh. time. I actually hit something and it broke my heart. Oh, I, uh, I, I, I used to hunt and I shot at things all the time and missed. And when I actually killed a little bird, I just uh. was beside myself. Was that because that the bird, bird wasn't big enough for it to be a good meal for you? Is that why you cried? <laughs> well, ironically, I was playing Thanksgiving and I was pretending to be a pilgrim in my backyard wow. with my BB gun. And I'm out looking for the Thanksgiving turkey and there's a little oh, robin in the tree. I've never hit, hit one before. I used to shoot at birds all the time when i was a kid yeah i hit him he fell and he laid there dead and i cried like a baby and i've never hunted How old were again you? uh 73. probably <laughs> uh, no i was probably nine yeah, something like that that's a nine-year-old yeah. thing you know one of my favorite pictures of you of all time joe is you holding up a big steelhead and you know what you were wearing um camo n- Oh yeah, oh, divisive yeah. camo, as Pike Spike just said, a call Taking to violence. Greg. Yeah. Well, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I didn't don't say want camo the, is violent. You, I said Trump's army and fight for Trump are the violent phrases. Come well, army is patriot patriotism. Well, I support and the I, army. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I got a different philosophy on yeah. fishing now. Uh, those guys have a choice. See, that bird was sitting there minding his own business in that tree. The fish, on the other hand, I'm just giving them an option. And if they want to take that option. And, I see. And, and, you, if you had and, held out the billet, bullet and the bird said, let me swallow that bullet and die and yeah, choke and be yeah, on your dinner yeah. plate, that would be the same as a fish. Right. And most of the fish I catch, I let go anyway. Yes. But, uh, and hey, the robins chase I, worms. What if you put a worm on a hook and threw it in the trees? Could you fish for robin? <laughs> uh, and, anyway. and I wear camo because I don't want the fish to see me coming. So, you know, that's <laughs> beautiful. Oh, uh, oh, so oh. I, have, I have some thoughts about reopening and I want to run them by you and see how crazy they are. And I ran them by you last week and nobody bit. Nobody seemed to. to we were having a weird day anyway i suppose but was that your let's kill grandma for the economy moment or no and i think i was misunderstood so i'm going to give it another try so as society reopens uh, i have very mixed feelings um i'm worried about the cases going up in a a number of states Uh, florida is a big one texas is another one california uh, also and um and, and what I see, I believe, is a complete lack of leadership all across the board. Doesn't matter Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter CDC, doesn't matter mayors, governors. And there's no national conversation happening uh, that's ever like looking ahead. Like you could ask most people now, and I talked to my sister who's like you, Joe, is a school teacher. You say, what's going to happen in the fall? And she's like, we don't know yet. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't know? And she's like, well, there's CDC guidelines are 10 or fewer students in a classroom, and that's physically impossible. I said, so what did you decide? Well, no one's deciding anything. We're waiting to see what happens. And this is how we go. And so based on scientific statistics about the mortality rate which is considerably less than we thought it would be but still pretty darn serious it seems to me that the right way to handle this would be to take all of the people at low risk and tell them to protect older people by distancing from them 
and go back to work and behave normal. Because there's a huge portion of the population, and I'm going to roughly guess it's people under 50, for whom this is less of a threat than the flu. Unless they transmit it to grandpa, right? Okay. So why should we shut all of the economy down and give them lots of money to sit at home? Let's give, I'm going to say it in a way you might agree. Let's give all of that money to Bob, Spike, and Joe people. And our older people who are at risk, people with conditions. And those people get extended unemployment. And those people get, you know, to be protected as a, as a national health emergency. And everybody else, if they want to, just go back to work. Go to the movie theater. What do you think? Well, if they were to, say, open up Vegas and just say, everybody over 50, just come to Vegas and we'll pay you to stay there. And you just stay out of the way and the rest of the world can work. And Vegas can just be the town where <laughs> anybody that, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't want to mingle with people that might have the virus. And let's just make Vegas. So, in other words, quarantine we, all, all of the adult population of the world, put them in Vegas after they're all tested. And yeah, have Vegas it, be fantasy island for COVID-19 and we'll, at risk. We'll people. just sit there, and then if anybody else wants to go out and run the country and, and work and everything. Uh, but but the problem is, unless you're going to quarantine all the people with compromised immune systems and well, of course they somewhere. What well, else where would you, you do? Put them? Well, where would you put them? Wherever they are. Tahoe. Tahoe. Who's going to take care of them? Who's going? I mean, if you have. By the way, that's a problem we already have. Doing this wouldn't make that problem worse. It's the same problem. No, because the vulnerable are mixed in with society now. If the vulnerable were all squirreled away in one place, maybe Yellowstone. Well, I don't know about you, you but I'm not mixed. You kept the vulnerable. When you say mixed with society, uh, older people. um, Sure, they are. You mean what? I mean that you know you you with an asymptomatic uh, virus that can't that can be contracted and mm-hmm. and transmitted without knowledge, then everybody is a potential carrier and everybody is a potential target. Yes, and so when, that's unless why you got, people, unless you got grandma older squirreled people should away, just hide like we're doing already, right? Well, we should put them all in one place, like you said, Atlantic <laughs> City. All right. Well, it, as as we know from immigration, it's really hard to round up 12 million people and put them all in one place. So maybe that's the flaw. The, the good news. World War II. Yeah. Well, the good news, and it's not good news, but from a scientific standpoint, is uh, we are now, I mean, you know, we, we, we're opening up protests and amusement parks. So mm-hmm. as long as people are going are, are standing shoulder to shoulder and protesting in the streets by the thousands, we're quickly going to, you know, find yes. out yeah. where we're at on this thing. If it's, if it's going to kind of ease away or if it's going to really go, go out of control. So we've got a great way to test where we're at on this now, sadly, mm-hmm. but it's, it's going to be interesting to see you know where it winds up and again i guess i haven't thought through all the details but i think we're there i think that those of us who are at risk are ultimately responsible for ourselves and the government is not going to baby us all the way until there's a vaccine so if it were me i'd look for a way for the government to provide extra uh, safety nets for those at risk 
And, you know, the government's already loosening up and people are going back anyway because they want to. It, it does boil down to, and you know, uh, racism, bigotry, all of those things don't have to be about just race. They can be about groups of people, too. I don't think young people, a lot of them, um, I think they've all kind of realized and I don't know how selfish you were when you were young, but I'm going to cop to it. I was pretty selfish. I don't think young people feel that threatened by this anymore. And I don't know if you can, uh, you know, let that horse back and get that horse back into the barn. What do you think? Oh, well, the young people I know are doing a pretty good job, better than I would have done as far as uh, social distancing, as far as uh, Emily is uh, very yeah. disciplined. She's 21. Mm-hmm. My students uh, are, are, you know, pretty disciplined about this. So uh, I know everybody is ready to be done with it. That's for sure, sure. including me. Uh, Spike? Um, I, I can only look at the very limited sample I have um, and – Kids are more cavalier anyway. I see kids gathering more so than I see other people gathering. Yeah, but they seem to be doing it at a safe distance. Uh-huh. I see. I see kids, you know, around this at least the neighborhoods that we live in here, um, who are you know six or eight at a park, but they're spaced safely. I think you know um, that doesn't mean that there's not bad choice. I mean, and then we have a hundred thousand people elbow to elbow in a in a town square. You know, my yeah. my kid was at the big protest in Seattle Saturday. But she had a mask on, and when she came home, she, you know, um, washed her hands real well, what bleach wiped everything, you know, before she got in the car and mm-hmm. when she got home and all these things because we try to be as careful as we can around Melissa and, and Darby and me. So, I mean, I, I, kids are always more cavalier. Uh, and I'm sure there are places like, where was that, the um, Lake of the Ozarks? Oh. The beach party <laughs> three, four weeks ago, right? Yeah. I mean, when when... When testosterone and yeah. uh, fireball reign supreme. Incidentally, you know. I, I think that, uh, and you're, you said something, again, really smart. So I've got to get used to you doing this. Um, and, <laughs> I don't know. And I mean said. that as a compliment, as you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, you can only go by your limited uh, view of things. And, that, yeah. and that's all any of us can do, which, was, which is why it's so hard to make big blanket statements about everything. Um, in, 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 you mean like anybody that votes for Trump is an idiot? That kind of statement? Well, that's why. I'm with Joe on look, that one, but that's look, just me. I that's love that he said it. I love him. <laughs> me too. And I love him for letting his emotions fly. And I knew a whole bunch of people would be thrilled, uh, as I was. Uh, but I also know that that's not how, you know, that doesn't make 80% of the people think that way. But anyway, back to the uh, land of the Ozarks. That's sort of where I live. I live in rural America. And as I go around, uh, and this may be uh, relative to you guys, too, the bigger the city, the more people realize what a threat it is because they're naturally closer together. But the more rural you get, the more you see people behaving as if that's a problem that's from another town. And young people especially. uh, There's a hardware store near me, and I walked in there. And apparent, and it's like, it's uh, a national chain called Ace, right? Yeah. But it's just the local uh, version of that. So na- the national chain, Ace, told everybody they had to wear masks. And everybody in the hardware store was wearing them around their chins. <laughs> 
like they're trying to get their beard hair out of their job at Taco Bell. Exactly. I know. It just drives me nuts. And so that is, you know, that's that's what I see. I see more rural stuff. And, of course, people in cities are more nervous because they read numbers in their local papers that are much higher. And it's more real to them. But uh, but that's the tribal nature, uh, again, of, of who we are. So, uh, well, from a number standpoint, got some good news, at least locally. My wife works at a hospital and they only have six COVID patients right now, which wow. is the lowest number they've had is really since this thing started in mid March. So now there are still patients coming in, but it seems like, uh, and I don't know if this is weather related or what, but, uh, it seems like the, uh, the extreme cases are not nearly as much as they were, mm. uh, just based on her, her experiences. So people are coming into the ER, they're getting tested that yes, they have COVID, but then they're going home and they're, they're waiting it out more so than needing to be put on a ventilator. So, yeah. I mean, this is purely just, uh, from what we see in one hospital, but it seems like the, uh, the the people that are getting it now aren't getting it quite as extremely as they were you know two or three months ago well watch because the case for the case to require hospitalization that usually happens two to three weeks after you get it so yeah. um you know this is all it, uh, it's a crash in slow motion if it's if it's going to crash and that's what we'll know in july i mean yeah. by the fourth of july we'll have a really good idea because i mean yes a pool party in the ozarks was bad but it's nothing compared to ten thousand people <laughs> marching in the street shoulder to shoulder sure. I mean, did that you, happen did you have that many in seattle uh, yeah. we have yeah we had uh uh uh, very many different right now up on Capitol Hill they're pretty much a standoff the East Precinct of Seattle uh, police is uh, they are they're holed up in there and there's uh, about 200 cops and about maybe two to five thousand protesters depending on what night you want to talk about and right, right. Uh, there's a standoff now unfortunately in our area those are the ones that are getting the attention more so than the the protesters who are in uh, genesee park in south seattle by the thousands who are very peaceful more so than the ones who are in west seattle i saw yeah. aaron jones play uh up on a building in west seattle a couple nights ago three thousand people out there i didn't go personally see i have wow. so you I, guys are I actually love- having outdoor concerts well, yes. If as long as you call them protests, you can bring those stones in or anybody. That is nutty. That is no, just I know. totally nutty. And, and as much as I support, you know, Black Lives Matter, as much as I support equality for all, I I don't support being around people. Like I said, I didn't even want to go into a public mm. restroom. So as I would, I'm out there with them in spirit, but my body is not willing to uh, to get out there and, and march in the streets until uh, this virus gets a, a little more in hand. But you know, we'll know in a couple weeks. If uh, if I was the CEO of Zoom or Microsoft or Google or anyone who has a, comp- a competitor to Zoom, I would organize a Zoom protest. And I would open up the platform to take tens to hundreds of thousands of people and put them in a tiny little boxes on the screen. And I would, what I would do is I would have the protest and I would record it and then I would blast it out. What do you think? Wouldn't that be for all the people that won't go out to the protest? You could keep it going. I think you're on. I think you're on to something, Bob. Yeah. I really do. I think that's not and a if, bad and if I'm idea. I'm the guy being protested. I just turn yeah. off Zoom and what's I don't. <laughs> 
Although so, the only, you know, yeah, and that's the problem is you, the part of it is getting in the faces of people that need to hear the message, and, and yeah, Zoom is kind of an opt-in uh, thing. Click. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, before we go, let's end on a on a warm and fuzzy uh, kicker story note. Who's binge watching what? Have you seen anything great uh, that has nothing to do with the times we live in? That's a good escape. Spike, you first. Um, well, I I, I had an, I, I had a, a subject. I had a, an example, but then you said nothing to do with what we're talking about. So oh, well, go it. ahead. Break the rules. Um, Space Force. Space Has Force? Has anybody checked out Space Force? What is it? Um, it's a Netflix series starring, starring Steve Carell, uh, John Malkovich. Wow. Um, a ton, ton of people that you know, all great comedic people. And it is literally, it's the story of the newest branch of the U.S. government. And it is literally a total slam fest on how stupid an idea it is to have a Space Force. Wow. And I mean, that's I saw not the too propagandish. I saw the funniest billboard. How about if it was a really seen. good space force that thought that alien lives mattered? I think it's not a bad idea. <laughs> well, maybe it's a good idea, All but right. I just I don't want to go down. But let me let me just yeah, say no, this. so it's, it's political. It's political humor. It's, it's political humor. You know, and they they make fun of you know the current administration. For example, there's a, a secret mission up there as they're trying to launch their satellite, whatever, and the the whole the whole focus of the mission was. Um, to see if they were on the payload was 10 automatic weapons and a dog and a monkey. Mm. And the idea was they wanted to find out if weapons could shoot in space, automatic weapons, which has no scientific value whatsoever because they knew they could, but now they can have an official, Remington can be the official sponsor of Space Force guns. And the dog and monkey were just to shoot uh, cute viral videos for propaganda purposes. That was the whole purpose of the mission. That's wow. just one little example of how, how asinine they think you know the POTUS. They refer to POTUS all the time, all right. but um, but what I'll say is it's it's grossly underwhelming. By the way, you roared at that joke I described. It's grossly underwhelming. Okay. It has tons of potential. The funniest thing I saw was a was a billboard for it, like an ad for it on. So are you saying media. this is a terrible show that you're binge watching? Yes. Yes. Well, I, I gave it. I gave it three. I gave it three episodes. I'm trying. Oh, okay. I love Steve Carell. I so, love the um, concept. Have you considered maybe watching something you, you'd enjoy? Nah. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, I'm still taking a full school load. Yeah. You know, through online you learning. You don't have a lot I've of got, time. Okay. I don't have a lot of time to watch. And, and I'm, and I'm, my full-time job is negotiating with insurance companies right now. Uh, that's what no. I'm, and contractors. That's kind of what I'm doing, but that's, that's cool. Is that still, it. it's um, proceeding. It's proceeding. You know, we you had have to go a to date. Work You'll carpet, be in your house so we budget. can um, celebrate how you're not in there on that date. What's the date? Well, like I can tell you that whether it's finished or not, the place we're renting has been rented to somebody else as of July 17th. Yikes. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice. So does your insurance company nice know you've got to huh? be back by then? Yeah. And, and that's the schedule. Okay. You know, barring any kind of major un, unforeseen delays, that's the schedule. Joe, you're so busy. Maybe you don't have time to watch anything for escapism. I don't, but I do have a nice, warm and fuzzy story that I think is amazing and the uh, best news I've seen in a while. You know, Pedro was on our show last week, yes. and he was also on the week before. Week before when he was on, he got fired four days after he was on. And yes, he, that's like he, trying, to, trying to time the market. It has nothing to do with anything, but go ahead. Well, four days after he was on this time, he was notified that Friday he will be taking his oath of citizenship and becoming American. Yeah. So him and Luciana are so both going to So our show will get you fired and then good luck the following week. 
Could be, but yeah, uh, yeah they get uh, Friday. They get sworn in as uh, as American citizens. Oh, that so. is so wonderful! Finally, I'll, be- I'll yeah. believe it when I see it. I, Friday, I worry they're going to. I worry they're going to put them on a bus and drive them <laughs> to their citizenship. That's going to be just on the other side of Juarez, Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I worry. Um, fortunately, I I'm not too worried about that. All right. Well, I'm going to talk to him because I would love to get a recording of it. I'd love to be there by FaceTime and then and then be able to play a piece of it next week on the show if that works. Yeah, they're not allowing them guests at the ceremony, which really sucks. And they're not even a cell phone. Pedro's, nope. Luciana's doing it an hour after Pedro. They're in different groups to swear in. No kidding. Is that, is that, did you hear that too, Joe? Is that what you yep. heard? Once, yeah. yeah. Pedro gets to gloat about being an American for a full hour to Luciana before she gets to be oh. an American. So, so could he put his phone in his pocket and press record memo so we could hear him swearing in? Don't know. I've never know been sworn in as an American. I, I, don't, I, I don't know that you. I don't at the finish line. I don't you want to start testing the rules at the finish line. Ah, uh, he will I mean, be nervous. I don't see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like he's crossing the border. Bob, I do not or want to do anything that will piss off Uncle Sam. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Man. I mean, I, he says I, here, illegal to bring recording device to a ceremony. You know, yeah. eight years down the drain. Isn't that wonderful I mean, though that Pedro it, and Luciano are going to be officially U.S. citizens? So let's give it them really a big is. round of applause. Okay. Maybe they still want it after the last few years. Yeah, that's awesome. No, but trust me, <laughs> as bad as this is, still one of the greatest, one of the greatest countries in the world. Okay, so uh, that's awesome, Joe. Thank you for sharing that. I'll tell you, uh, Lisa and I just binged watched the series. It's only seven episodes. And we just did it on a lark because it has a crazy title. It's on Showtime, and the show is called Run. Do you know what that show is about? Jogging? No. So without giving too much away, this couple breaks up uh, when they're 19 years old. And they figured maybe someday they'd get back together. And they each have each other's cell phone number. And they said, if you're ever desperate to get away, text run to me. And if I want to get away too, I'll text run to you back and we'll meet at Grand Central Station and travel across the country by train for a week to see if we can fall back in love. Somebody uh, made a TV show out of the Pina Colada song? Is that the Pina Colada? It's very similar. Well, <laughs> it doesn't similar, go. Uh, yeah, it's not quite the Pina Colada song, but it's funny uh, that you would mention that. I'd like to do the Pina I, That's a song I would, if you could come up with the concept, I've got the premise. I'd love to redo the Pina Colada song in modern times in other words not for social media's sake dating about a, about a, about yeah. a yes yeah as somebody who is tired of his relationship so he went on tinder and swiped left and that's who exactly was there. that sort of thing you know? yeah um, so, but it's gotta be grinder <laughs> grinder tinder it's <laughs> a grinder because you grinder's know, the gate one right uh, yeah. it, but the same the same basic story because it's not effective anymore it's got you know it's just like Please, Mr. Postman is not affected. Right. Please, Mr. Email. <laughs> I'd love to take some songs that are completely irrelevant now and, and redo them for now. That'd be fun. That's great. Anyway, it's called Run. It stars this gal. I can't remember her name. She was on the show Nurse Jackie. She was the really fun uh, nurse on Nurse Jackie. And it's, it's silly and hilarious uh, at the same time, and it's a real, uh, it, it it goes crazy. So uh, that's a quick one. And then the other one I keep recommending 
It's called HBO on, though, not Showtime. Or uh, excuse me, Run is on HBO, and the other one I think is on Netflix, and it's called Orthodox or Unorthodox. Oh, I've seen trailers for that. I've seen yes. a trailer for that. Yeah, it's about this super orthodox woman who can't learn to play the piano because they don't allow girls to do it, and she runs away from her ultra orthodox uh, Jewish neighborhood to another city and tries to get a scholarship to play piano. And you would think, oh, that sounds like really warm-hearted and intellectual. And it is, but it's captivating as well. Cool. That's it. Bob, Spike, and Joe. Everywhere you go. You can't escape the trio. Coming on with Bree. Stone has won Emmys. Oh, Emmy. One Emmy, Joe? Emmys, I believe. Oh, you crossed out the S. Well, I got the S on the end. I, I put three things and then oh, okay. I put an a, a Emmy, collective S. I got it. Emmy, Cable Ace, and American Comedy Awards. She's won all of those. There you go. She's had HBO specials, television series, and has appeared on all the biggest talk shows and comedy venues in the country, including the Moore Theater, which she returns to Saturday, January 30th. We love her. We've uh, enjoyed talking to Paula numerous times. While she's here, Paula is also going to be doing a fundraiser for the Seattle Public Library. You see, she's on a mission to save libraries. You can get all the information on her show as well on, as on her involvement in preserving America's libraries at our website, BobRivers.com. Paula Poundstone, Happy New Year and welcome back to the Bob Rivers Show. Hey, thank you so much. Happy New Year to you. You sound upbeat. I'm upbeat. I'm too- 
2010 could so easily be the year. The year. The year. It so much happens. Well, 2009 sucked so bad. Is that why? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's made the possibility of 2010 being the year. Right. It's a, it's an easy comp. Yeah. I mean, you can't go. It's not going to be worse. Yeah. And and Joe reminded me of something that I uh, and it you know we've known you so long we wouldn't like even bring up the past but in terms of the present Joe said uh, I said so what's what should we talk to Paula about and he said well she's on NPR we should we should talk about how smart she is about current affairs she's saving libraries and then he said uh, she'd probably be upset about the naked security screener good call Joe and <laughs> then he said. And she's completely asexual. Oh, yeah. Is that still true? Yeah. I don't really... You know, I have three kids, and I spend my life taking care of them and doing my job. And I I don't know. I mean, maybe sex would be this great and exciting thing. But my feeling is um, I'm so tired most of the time. I can't believe there's any physical sensation that I would enjoy more than sleep. <laughs> oh my wow. god! I just can't. I just can't even imagine. See, I, now- the idea that I would, at the end of a day, go into my bedroom and there'd be someone in there with whom I had to have an activity. That's just a horrifying thought to me. Wow! I, I, I think a lot of women are that way. I, I, I may be yeah. wrong, but. Yeah, most of us are tired. I, I think men like, like men get a men bigger like thrill it. Out of the women it. eventually go, oh, I could take it or leave it. Is that what you think? I some I do. Yeah, I don't. You know, I can't speak for the others. Um, and I, you know, and I appreciate people keeping the the uh, the, the species going. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, you know that. You know, there's my my hat goes off to them for that. But uh, yeah, when but I, that's the only thing that's coming <laughs> off is the hat. Exactly, and nothing more needs to come off because of the new security um, cameras. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. it's probably the biology that men we don't have to pay a very big price. To have sex, the women. I mean, there's a they have to pay a price. There's big consequences. I mean, I thought we were the ones that had to pay, and they were the ones that could always get it for free. (laughs) I think he's talking in a physical, (laughs) biologically. Yeah, I think he's on one plane here, and he's unable to see the higher relevance, which is interesting because with Avatar, he went right to the deeper meaning. Yeah, the deeper meaning. This. On the sex, I'm right at the bottom of the gutter. Yeah. Yes, you are. You're yeah. right at paying for sex. All right. Well, no, when I think about that, I actually, my first thought isn't isn't the physical, physicality of it. It's just... It's the, the cost. No, it's the... <laughs> it's no the business with him, Bob. You know, <laughs> no, it's it's that I would love for you to find... Responsibility. Yeah. I really cutting into your sex life. Is I, I would... I would love for you to have a soulmate, a really deep, close, personal friend, because getting yeah. physical with somebody is the most... Yeah. Inter- yeah. Yeah. No, boy, do I not want that. Don't want that. <laughs> what, if, what if we pay? What if we pick up the check? We can do that for you. are coming to town. We, yeah. we got people. We can make it a library fundraiser. Or there something. you go. <laughs> <laughs> if it were for my library work, I'd be getting it all the time. We could auction you off for big money for a library. We could do it. Uh, it it's such a horrible life to me. All right. It could all happen uh, January 30th at the Moore Theater. On Saturday, where Paula Poundstone will be performing. And, and you know I'm going to be refreshed. <laughs> well rested. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to be well rested, exactly. Hey, Paula, I know we, we've we've talked to you so many times. It's always a treat. I know you, you had a birthday recently. First off, happy birthday. Oh, thanks. 
my friend uh, also, but you hit a, a milestone. And I, I don't want to out your age, but you hit a milestone that my very best friend hit. And he didn't handle it well. He really, that, that number, just the symbolism of the number he hit. And I see that you hit it too. Was it hard? Um, you know, my kids kept saying, well, first of all, my children could give, uh, you know, they could care less about my birthday as a general rule. Um, but uh, it's somehow, because of the milestone nature of the birthday itself, I think someone else put the idea in their head that it had value one way or the other. And they kept saying, well, what are you going to do that day? And I would always say to them, well, I assume I'm just going to cry for the entire day. And, uh, you know, the truth is the day came and went and uh, makes no difference whatsoever. Yeah. It had no impact on me one one, one way or the other. It's kind of like Y two K. You know, you expect things are going to explode. <laughs> things going to go haywire. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. the body will stop working. <laughs> You'll become incontinent. It's all going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I always say it's a little bit like crossing the Georgia Alabama border. Right. Uh, you know, you think it's going to be so different. <laughs>